Welcome to episode 130 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James Langer, joined by Ryan Top, Brad Ford, and special guest Kyle Ashour this week. Kyle's here to help us out with what's become a bit of a Milwaukee's Tailgate tradition, the annual preseason prop bets. The originator of this tradition, Andy Schaff, was unable to participate this year, but Kyle's generously agreeing to step in and craft this year's topics. We'll get to those in just a minute, but first, if you're looking for our thoughts on the big news of the week, the Christian Yelich extension, we did do an emergency podcast on the topic just a couple of days ago so we could focus on the prop bets in this episode, so go check that out. Before we get to that, we'll take care of some business here. We are sponsored this week by Carbon 4 Brewing. You know their classic beers, Dragon Flute, Block Party, and their flagship Fantasy Factory IPA. The next time you're in Madison, you can head to their taproom on Kinsman Boulevard on the east side and try them all for yourself. You can also get a deal on Carbon 4 merch online using our promo code MKETailgate at Carbon4.com. Carbon 4 Beer Brilliance. You can also help support our podcast network at Patreon.com slash MKETailgate. Ball and Glove and Above patrons get our monthly minor league extra podcast with Ryan and Brad. You also get Paul's reporting as eligible mini pods throughout the Packers offseason. Paul's not here with us this week because he's in the process of moving this weekend, but we did give Kyle uh, his prop bet answers ahead of time, so we'll be able to read those off and get to them on, on the record as well. He's planning to do a reporting as eligible episode this week as we get closer to the NFL draft, so be on the lookout for that as well on the MKE Tailgate Network. When you sign up to be a patron, you also get question priority here on the program. We'll get a personal shout out here on the pod as well. Uh, so we'll get to those questions probably next week because we're going to focus a lot on these prop bets here. And as always, you can help people find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now that we got the, all of that out of the way, let's get to the prop bets. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, James. So... <laughs> With Andy's suggestion, I had 20 questions, and then Andy was like, you should have some opening day questions because people love opening day questions. So I added five more because why would I subtract from greatness? The first question we have today is, who will record the first strikeout for the Brewers in 2020? This is a batter? Kyle? This is a batter. Your choices are Orlando Arcia, Ryan Braun, Lorenzo Cain, Keston Hira, Brock Holt, Omar Narvaez, Justin Smoke, Christian Yelich, or if you're feeling particularly gutsy, other. So I have a question. So how does this work if it's not one of those guys? Oh, it's the other. Never mind. I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Simple explanation. So there's a field option here. Yes. You, you, you do not have to choose the name of the other. You just select other. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to take Ryan Braun. Okay. Oh, Ryan Braun. So I'm guessing that the lineup will continue to be something like Kane, Yelich, Hira, in which case I'm going to take on Keston Hira because I just think he's going to go a little hard that first at bat. It's his first opening day. So that's my bet. This is a tough one. I, f I feel like going off the board right away with Yelich, but I don't, I don't know if I want to go right into trying to separate myself from the field here. Um... <laughs> I will say, uh, you know what? I'll I'll go a little bottom half of the lineup. I'll go Omar Narvaez. So I feel like he's, Omar feel like Narvaez he's actually had of of the eight had the second lowest K percentage in 2019. Lorenzo Cain was the only one lower at 17 percent. Keston here, obviously, with his big strikeout rate at 30.7 percent, will likely be a popular answer, and that's what Paul picked. Keston here. Okay, right. well, fine. I feel fine about that. I'm going out on the limb right away. 
moving on from that, this isn't quite <laughs> opening day, but who will have the first two-game hitting streak? And tiebreakers are broken by the order of who gets the hit in game two first. Ooh, who gets... Same eight batters or other. Same eight batters or other. Uh... Let's go with the Lorenzo Cain resurgence season. Okay. Ah, uh, this is this is going to be. I think it's tricky because I don't. I don't. The lineup is going to shift a lot. I think over the years. So I think uh, best bet would probably be somebody who plays a lot, and I would go Christian Yelich first two game hitting streak. Yeah, I think it's got to be the odds on favorite there because we know he's going to be in the lineup if he's healthy, and we know that he gets a lot of hits. So. Give me Yelich as well. Okay. 2019, Lorenzo Cain batted 260, and that's who Paul picked. All right. Paul and I are on the same wavelength. This is weird. You know what? Because <laughs> Lorenzo Cain is very likely to be at the top of the lineup, so he'll have the extra opportunities. And that's where the tiebreaker comes That's out. true. That's yeah. true, the tiebreaker. Yep. Uh, next up, we have a pitching prop. Who will give up the first home run of the 2020 season? Your choices are Corbin Burns, Alex Claudio, Josh Hader, Corey Knable, David Phelps, Brent Suter, Brandon Woodruff, the presumptive opening day starter at the time, and other. I will go... I'll go other. I think they'll get through opening day without one. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Brandon Woodruff just because he's probably going to pitch five or six innings. And if the super bouncy ball is back again in 2020, then there's a pretty good chance that anybody's going to give up a home run in like five or six innings. So Brandon Woodruff in 2019 gave up a home run every nine innings, uh, 90% of the time. That's really poor way of saying he had a 0.89 home run per nine average and a 12% home run fly ball rate. Yeah. You got Brad. I'm going to go because I don't think Corbin Burns is going to be on the opening day roster. I think Josh Hader. And then Paul agrees with you on that as well. Wow. Josh Hader with his 1.78 home run per nine rate and a 21.4% home run fly ball right in 2019 he was a uh, a very big casualty of the bouncy ball yep that makes perfect sense <laughs> uh next up who will have the first relief pitching appearance in 2020 same options less brandon woodruff because he's probably not going to be in relief yeah i think i'm pretty firm on this one that's gonna be brent Suter. really yep why do you say that just because he is a guy that would like naturally follow for a you know multiple inning stint, so if Woodruff you know comes out in the fifth or sixth inning, there's a good chance that it would be Brett Suter that would be the guy who would follow him. Just makes sense. That's reasonable. What about you, Brett? Corey Knable. Get him right back out there. Mm. Get him seeing some action. No, that's not actually it. I was gonna say, <laughs> I'm not expecting to see him uh, until May. Yeah, I just was, uh, you know, throwing out the <laughs> little lies. Um, I'm gonna go. I think Woodruff's gonna have a very strong opening day start. So I'm going to go Hater again. I think they give him the eighth and the ninth, and uh, let him do that. I will uh, kind of think outside the box here. I, I think I'll go Alex Claudio. Uh, like you know, that. he had let, led the team in appearances last year, right? Um, I'm not – it doesn't seem like Craig Council is too concerned with that three-batter minimum. I think, you know, you see a situation. Maybe Woodruff gets taken out in the middle of the inning. Claudio finishes it. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Paul agrees with you, Ryan. He said Brent Suter as well. I'd, great minds, man. Great minds. So I think that's the first time we've agreed. So <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't play minds. that up too much. 
And then the last early season prop is what day? And the answer the answer to this question is literally a day. What day will Craig Council make his first challenge? His first challenge. Oh. Of note, in in the past five in his five seasons as manager, he has made his first challenge in game two, five, one, three, and game seven. So, so we're going with game number here. We're well. So th- this game. So I, I did that just because opening day is different every every year. But I literally put the day as the option. Oh, the day of the month. Yes. So so opening day is March twenty sixth this year. I don't know if I know the schedule well enough. I know there's that off day right away. Let's say March thirtieth. Okay. That sounds like a game. That sounds right? like a game. There's probably a game <laughs> on the thirtieth. Because that's that's. I think that's the Tuesday. That would be the Monday. Yeah. There's there there'd be a game there. Perfect. So that's game four for you. All right. What about you, James? Uh, I was actually thinking that Monday as well, but uh, let's go Sunday the 29th. Okay. Series finale against the Cubs. I'm going to go opening day, baby. Let's get this thing running with a bang. So that would be what, March 26th? March 26th. And Paul had a very, very late answer. His prediction was April 6th, which was game number 10 against Cincinnati. Wow. Okay. So, game number ten. Game number ten. Okay. Maybe it's going to be a challenge late season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got bad luck with those, so maybe he just kind of holds off on those for a while. <laughs> he is he is pretty careful about it, though. I think last year didn't he? He had a much better season last year with challenges. Yes. Compared to how awful twenty eighteen was, I think anything you did was going to be better. So. Yeah, because he like he hardly challenged anything in twenty. 20- uh, 19. So when he did challenge, it was pretty likely to be overturned just because he wasn't doing it if it wasn't really egregious. Right. And I think that's the way with how awful baseball's replay system. Actually, you should probably just replay any play because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to be overturned <laughs> because they're so incompetent. Umpires are level-headed, kind, <laughs> especially Joe West, and have no ego. I agree. And fine singing voices, too. <laughs> So moving on to uh, to the season-long props, how many Brewers on the opening day 40-man roster will hit 20 or more home runs? 20 or more on the opening day roster? Yes. Opening day 40-man. Opening day 40-man. Okay. For reference, 2019 saw four, 2018 saw three, and 2017 saw one. These these are people that are currently on the 40-man roster, not people that were with the Brewers for those three seasons necessarily. Gotcha. Cool. I'm doing the math in my head right now. I will say, I'll go high five. Oh, I sorry. I sh- I should have mentioned the answers. the The possible answers to this are three okay. or fewer, four, okay, or five or more. And you five chose... or more. Okay. I'll I'll go five or more. I think they'll hit for a lot of power this year. I'm gonna go with four. I'm gonna go with four. I think four. I think four is a decent answer. I agree with you. Yeah, I think Yelich is basically a lock. I think Hura is pretty close to a lock. And then I think either Braun or Garcia, sort of depending on how the, the playing time uh, shakes out there. And then some random person is just going to end up cracking 20 home runs, like Justin Smoke or uh, I guess Kane. Maybe uh, actually Omar Narvaez, if he gets enough yeah. plate appearances, could do it. Like Justin, some rando is going to do Narvaez. it. Justin Smoke is the only player on the Brewers' forty-man roster to hit twenty or more in the last three seasons. Wow, that's, that's you right, did do your research, did. Kyle. I well, did do my dang. research. Yelich You're showing us up here. Nineteen yeah, home runs, I think, for the Miami the year before being traded. 
Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was I think under. it was. It was eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. I basically had forgotten about Garcia and was very set at three or fewer because just looking at playing time. So now I think I'm. I'm going to have to agree with Ryan at four. Four sounds right because of how the playing time splits are going to work out. I think it's going to be harder for those players who, because Narvaez got around twenty, just over twenty, I think, in 130 games last year, and I don't think he's going to get 130 games this year. And then, but he is also in a better home run park. So. Right. He is in a substantially better home run par- park. Five or more. I'm changing my answer. Five or more. You talked me into it. Paul agrees with you. Five or more. I, I'm a big believer in Narvaez, so I think. You know, I answered without kind of thinking of the, of the fifth one, but I've got Nervaez, Hira, Yelich, Garcia, and screw it, Ryan Braun, because I think between first and right, Ryan Braun for or left, he'll, Ryan Braun forever. Yeah, I think those are the five, I think. You know, I love Jed Jerko, but I don't think he's going to play that much to, to get up to 20 again either. So, but I feel good about my five. Brock Holt, 30 home run season. I'm Boom. <laughs> Brock Holt. I'm here for it. Next up. Who will record more stolen bases with the Brewers? Christian Yelich plus Lorenzo Cain plus Ryan Braun or the field? For reference, in 2018, the trio hit had 63 stolen bases to 61. And in 2019, it was 59-42. Wow. Okay, so we got to think about like who on this roster has been added and subtracted and how fast they are. Wow, this is a really tough one. I'm going to say that that group is going to lead. I think that you have, I think it's gotten a little bit slower. So yeah, I, I think that Braun, Yelich, and Kane. Yes. Correct. correct. Yep. Yeah. They're going to. I'm going to agree with Ryan there because I just think the field is a lot slower than it's been in the past. So when you're looking at, yes, Garcia has great sprint speed, but he hasn't necessarily had a lot of success in stealing a lot of bases before. I think you're talking about a couple players who max out at 10 and then a bunch of three to five stolen base guys. So, yeah, I think Yelich, who stole 30 bases last year, Kane, who seems like a lock to steal 20, and then even Ryan Braun's 10 to 15 is fine enough for me to feel pretty comfortable with that one. I think it'll be close, but I think I might actually take the field. Granted, I maybe some of that is is hoping for Luis Urias, which, you know, he's he's much more of a hitter. He's not necessarily a great base runner. Orlando uh, Brad, Arcia, 2020 season. Ar- <laughs> <laughs> we should mention Kyle's wearing an Arcia jersey I right am now. Wearing my that Arcia tells jersey. you where his loyalty lies. You know, I think I think Urias could be good for maybe 10 to 15. Arcia's instincts have always been not great though but you know i think avi garcia is kind of the dark horse in this year too he's he's a big dude but he could make i could see him maybe getting 15 to 20 he runs fast as can be but he never yeah. has really it takes run. a while to get going right yeah he, he he hasn't been one to really run that often but i wonder craig council has shown a little bit more willingness to let players try out that ability and yeah, try to find their success rate so I yeah. wonder if he'll get more opportunity with the Brewers than he has with his other teams. And again, my thinking here, too, is um, I think we're going to see very few actual everyday players with this Brewers team. You know, I think there's going to be a ton of dudes getting playing time. So I think that opens up the opportunity for the field to take this one. I think my issue, I agree with that. But my issue is when you look further down on the depth chart, aside from Corey Ray, 
there's not a lot of speed in sure. what you're looking at. So, like I said, uh, uh, and I don't expect Corey Ray to get playing time this year unless something <laughs> went tragically wrong. Like a cart got loose and ran over every outfielder the Brewers have. <laughs> Is Uni be still in the league? <laughs> <laughs> and then Corey Ray's getting playing time until they can find someone else. Um, and then Keon. Uh, but again, I think that's a similar scenario. This time only two outfielders need to get hit instead of all four. <laughs> I I just don't see that speed being on the depth chart aside from those two players. And I think with how deep the outfield is, that's still unlikely that they play any yeah. sort of role this season. Yep. And Paul agreed to that the field. We'll win out this year. I mean, I think the field is a safer bet just in any instance like this when you're expecting three players to get that high of a stolen base percentage. But I think when you really look at it, you're talking about a bunch of five stolen base I guys. I mean, you've also got yeah. Yelich coming off of the knee injury, and then you've got two guys who are well into their 30s and Braun and Kane. So if right. they get hurt and don't put up like just a bunch of plate appearances even, they're not going to have the chance to to take those numbers. I should probably switch my answer and take the field here, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to be <laughs> stubborn and stay with it. Same here. And I've never known Bronner yet or Kane to be injury prone, so <laughs> I, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Moving on now. How many errors will the Brewers commit in 2020? Oh, sweet oh, Lord. Good God. Give me the options, please. The, this is going to help so the, much. The options are... Whatever it is, it's the over. <laughs> the options are 99 or fewer, 100 through 109, 110 through 119, or 120 or more. I'm sure you're going to give us context on this, right? Kyle? I will That's give you context. I was going to say. In 2017, the Brewers committed 115 errors. In 2018, 108. And in 2019, 97. So what are wow. the options for the last two again? Uh, 99 below, one the hundreds, 110s, and then 120 plus. 120 plus. I've seen them play this spring. It has <laughs> not been good. And for some reason, no one's marking their awful plays as airs. Like Jerko, the other, uh, and Christian Yelch's first game, like completely miffed a liner. That's and because it's CC Sabathia's official score. Okay, okay, okay. In spring training, <laughs> they're very, very skeptical on giving errors it to also plays. matters it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter in the, in the slightest the arizona sky you can't blame them yeah for that. the arizona like, sky is the, the arizona thing. sky caused jed jerko to miss that grounder and he couldn't <laughs> get it in the hole i'm just gonna write plus 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 on my record sheet because <laughs> i it's gonna be astronomical and you know, hopefully God is on Jocelyn Bloom's side because he's going to need some <laughs> spiritual help out there. There there needs oh. to be angels in the infield. <laughs> Brett Anderson yesterday, the first inning, was on Saturday afternoon's game. I was watching it going, oh, no, this is this is all of... He's all had of, some terrible luck already. I'm that was here, Brett man. Anderson's, all of his worst fears. Maybe he's getting it all out of the way. Let's look at it that way. He's yeah. getting his, his bad luck, all the, uh, the random little uh, bad, poorly hit balls that just dribble through and whatever. Maybe he's getting that out of the way, but my Lord, was it... He's just... Brett, just going to cash in his karma chips later this year. It's fine. Brett Anderson, sacrificial opening day starter 2020. <laughs> we, when it's a movement we need to get done. <laughs> he needs to be the opening day starter because that curse needs to affect someone who's going to be awful anyway. I, I can't see them giving into the voodoo. 
Like I can't oh, no, see they them. They never would. You They're can... not going to give in to the voodoo. So when you're a, a manager in baseball, you can admit that there's voodoo. Like the players, they can wear the same socks over and over again. But when you're a manager, a GM, when you're anyone who has to oversee like the fate of the franchise, you can't believe that there's voodoo. However, just say he earned it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go over great. The results weren't there, but we're really impressed with the stuff from Brett Anderson. It's, yeah. it's just the Supon argument. Uh, Brett pitched great. <laughs> Brett pitched great. It was it was All his right. peripherals, guys. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, so Brad, you've got what? What the one twenty over? Oh, but no, even even further. He take, give me <laughs> like one eighty okay. plus. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ryan. What you got? Oh, it's it's your turn, James. You got to go it first. Yeah, it's we're we're going in okay, a counterclockwise we're, we're going, manner here. We're going counterclockwise. I'm in Madison, so we're going really counterclockwise. <laughs> I'll go the the one hundred to one ten range. That was an option, right? One hundred to one hundred nine, but yeah. 101, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put me down for that. I got Low it. 100s. I got to take the over. I don't want to. I tried to invent some way of convincing myself that this wasn't going to be that bad, but, like, no, it's, there's going to be a lot of errors. It's, the team is sort of built that way, and they should be able to get by it reasonably well. It's going to cause problems, but they should be able to get by it reasonably well, but no. It's, it's a lot. Here's the thing. They weren't like great defensively last year either, and they still ended up with that lower error total. I think the shifting kind of mitigates some of that, but maybe that's just hopeful thinking on it, my part. It's just if Urias ends up having significant playing time and Keston Hira, who I've been saying, oh, he's going to be fine at second, and then I keep watching him in spring, and I'm like, I'm wrong. I'm so wrong. He's not going to be fine at second. I'm so wrong. Dear God, I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, because I've seen him make throws where it's like, it, just take five more seconds to throw that ball, Keston. You didn't need to rush that. There's no reason to, but you just threw it because you felt like you had to. And now, like, it's it's gone. That ball's never coming well, back. And, I mean, and with Ryan Braun moving back to third base this year because to help, <laughs> to help, to help mitigate the outfield cluster. <laughs> Kyle, that's, uh, that's first, not funny. You're first not, off, you're not making a funny joke, Kyle. No, they're finally letting him try shortstop. Like, he's yes. always wanted. Yes. <laughs> Paul last year. Let him play shortstop. Yeah, okay. Paul agrees with. Uh, the two of you here in Milwaukee that it's going to be a lot of errors this season. 120 plus. It's I, Spring means so little, but watching it happen game and game again just gives me so little faith in that defense. It's early. The, 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 the fielders are behind everybody. You know, it's early. <laughs> it'll, it'll work uh, out, right? All right, Kyle, what's next? How many different pitching appearances by position player will happen with the Brewers this year? With Hernan Perez no longer on the team, he had three and nineteen, three and eighteen, along with Eric Kratz had three and eighteen, and one in twenty seventeen. The options are over or under one and a half. Now there was the rule change this year too that you have to consider. Correct. Correct. So yes. what? It's six runs. You have to be down by yes. six runs or go no, past I, I think a certain I, amount of innings. I thought it had to be a variance of six runs. I thought you could be up by six runs as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It could be up or yep. down. Yes. Correct. The deficit has to be six plus runs, and I think yeah, it does change in extra innings. But yes, extra innings, all bets are off. You can. I think I thought it was fourteen is when they lifted it, right? No, or, I thought it was just, it just it's just extra innings. innings. Okay. Well, because I think they figure they're not going to teams aren't going to throw a position player in extras until they kind of have to. So there's no like, why would a team ever throw a position player in the tenth inning, right? Because right, 
right. you're theoretically the game's still, the game's still tied. Right. So like yeah, right. you wouldn't want to do that until uh, you kind of are forced. So they they didn't need to do that. Right. Is this a good time to talk about how extra inning games should be banned? No, Kyle, it's not. Okay, can, right. I, can I come on a later podcast to talk about this, please? Yeah, I have a whole corner for you. It's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we've got Brad's conspiracy corner. We'll have yes. Kyle's Kyle's, so, Kyle's opinions. kooky opinions. Yeah. So, yeah, James, you're starting go. on this one. I'm starting on this one. Uh, what was it, one and a half over one, under? Yep, one and a half. Under. Yeah, I think there's maybe one. Who would, who would do it this year? Who we'll would be so guard? Arcia. I'm vote I, I'm pulling for Arcia. I you think get, could, you get the crafty lefty. Pini has done it, right? I mean, what am I missing here? So it's you need just an appearance, right? Yes. So how yeah. many position yeah. player and it's not different position players, it's just Appe- how, yes. appearances. Oh, correct. Oh yeah, Was I'm taking play- Oh, wait, wait, wait. I okay, I, I was understanding if it was uh one and a half players. No, so, no, 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 one and a half appearances. Uh, appearances, then I'll go over. I think there'll be a couple. Okay. So to be clear, we're talking about appearances. <laughs> yes. And yes, I'm going to take the over handily. Yeah. Handily. Well, and it's kind of why we all think the Pythag is garbage, because Craig Council will just throw his resources into losing a game right. when it's clearly unlikely to be winnable. Even though all games right. are winnable, he'll throw his resources away. So I'm going over because when things get to this point, he'll be like, yeah, Manny Pena, go throw some garbage. I don't care. Like, at least I don't have to use one of my most important resources later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they commit to just getting kind of pummeled when it's the obvious outcome of that game because you're going to have those games. Well, especially with we're talking about this leaky defense thing, there's going to be games where that stuff stacks up. Where just a game gets out of hand. And yeah, again, like Pythag is, there's still use for it, but it gets less useful all the time as managers like Craig Councils, like at the forefront of this, gets better at adjusting and throwing away games when it's time to throw them away and just conceding. Managers are more willing to do that now. And yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we can get into just because well, this will probably come up. There's a thousand reasons that Pythag is garbage, a couple reasons that it's useful, but this isn't the episode for it. <laughs> I think I might have set the over under on this too low. Paul agrees with all of you over one and a half. Sure. That makes sense. Hey, we got to have those easy ones so that everybody gets. I don't it like right. Yeah, I don't like well, the easy ones. I as, have, as I have can... to feel good about myself later at the end of the season. <laughs> I got one. Yeah. <laughs> when we look back at the end of the year, we'll all have at least one. That's good. In uh, recognition of the best stat in baseball, how many different players will record a save with the Brewers in 2020? The over-under is seven and a half. For context, there have been exactly eight different players each of the last three seasons. Wow, that's weird. That's almost Chris Davis 247 territory. Well, no. but also more than I would have expected. But But it's guys will pick up saves weirdly. Right, 2018, it makes sense because the, the bullpen got screwed up and then Craig used it in the good way and then he went back to using it in the bad way. In 2018, uh, Knable, Jeffress, and Hader each had 12 or more and then five had two or one. Right, and then you get the, like, Brent Suter's probably going to get one of those classic three-inning saves a couple times. And then there will just be that random day when Matt Albers... Or I guess would be like David Phelps. David Phelps will get a save when the bullpen has been used a bunch the previous days, but the Brewers oh, yeah. are still winning a game. So, yeah. So what are our options here, Kyle? Over, under, seven and a half. Over, under, seven and a half. With This is a lot tougher than the other one. It's pretty close. You know, I still think that if 
I'm going to go under, and I think it's going to be fairly comfortable. The reason being that they have an established closer, a guy who's there who had a big season last year and is also a really good reliever. It's not just that like the guy is a good closer and it gets a lot of saves. He's also a good reliever. And if he does get displaced, it's probably for Corey Knable. So I think that the vast majority of saves are going to cluster with those two guys. I would guess the under, and I think fairly handily here. I'm going to go contradictory and go over because I think there's going to be times when if Freddie Peralta isn't in the rotation, he'll be that guy because I think he'll be uh, with his increase in velocity and now finally figuring out like, oh, you don't have to throw one pitch. That's interesting. That's news to me. Uh, he can actually go out and uh, be a pretty dominant reliever. So I think he's going to get an opportunity in there. So, and then with those other odd innings when the bullpen's, you know, eaten up, when players need obvious rest, when you get those three inning relief appearances, um, I'm going to go over. I think Craig Council just knows when to use those situations, and that's why it's been so consistent in his time here. I'm going to go over too. And I think for me, part of it is just knowing that Knable's not going to be ready the first month or so of the season. I think you're going to get a few of those random. Bobby Wall, JP Fireisen saves along the way in the first month or two. I think you'll probably see around eight just because the, the bullpen depth is actually, I think, pretty deep. Um, and you have guys like Ryan said, Phelps, who have closed before, who could be kind of trusted to pick that up as well. So I'll go the over. And Drew Rasmussen. Paul agrees over <laughs> seven and a half. Next up, this is a uh, bet on who's going to stay healthy and or not suck. Which pitcher will have the most innings pitched with the Brewers in 2020? Your options are the current five presumptive opening day starting pitchers, Brett Anderson, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Josh Lindblom, and Brandon Woodruff. Or, if you're feeling gutsy, other. I'm going to go Lindblom. I... Ooh. Yeah, I know it's just Hauser has had injuries. Woodruff's had injuries. I think Lauer's going to be a fringe rotation guy. Uh, Anderson obviously has a career peppered with injuries. So it's hard for me to bet on any of those guys. So I'd rather bet on the variable of a guy coming in who had thrown 200 innings in Korea back-to-back seasons than go with guys who have significant, not significant because the Woodruff and Hauser, you can't really call those significant but they do have a track record of injury over the last couple of seasons. So I'd rather bet on the the guy who actually has some longevity over the last couple of years. Josh Lindblom has 10.1 innings pitched in the major leagues the last three seasons. Yes, I know he was in Korea, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, James? All right. Well, I'm a little mad because Brad stole mine. I was going to go with the sneaky Lindblom pick for a lot of those reasons. Uh, so I wasn't listening to who is your fifth starter in that five. Woodruff. It was alphabetical. It was just alphabetical order. Oh, okay. An- so Anderson, had- Hauser, Lauer, Lindblom, Woodruff. Oh, you had Lauer, and there was an other, correct? There was other, yes. If you there think- was other, I'll take a chance and go other with Freddie Peralta. That's a risk, though. I will admit because we did talk about this sort of on the Freddie Peralta extension episode, but there's a good chance he could get shut down sometime later in the year if he hits an innings limit but i i feel good about freddie this year really the bet should be hater 
and that the Brewers are going to do what they do and know that a guy's not going to be on the roster next year and use him just to their heart's desire and then trade him <laughs> after they've exhausted all his talent. Wait, if Josh you... Hader, 165 innings. Yeah. <laughs> if you pick the other in this case, do you have to specify or you just get any, if it happens to be any other, it's, it's the just field. Any other. I think it's going to be Adrian Hauser. I do have concerns. I think Brandon Woodruff is good for missing some time. I think that's likely to happen. And he's going to be, he's going to miss some time at some point. Hauser, he's, I feel less yeah. worried about that way. I know he had the Tommy John surgery, but I don't remember any extended injuries. Am I forgetting things? I'm not, we're not looking at anything here. We're going off the top of our heads. So does extensive vomiting count as injury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh yeah. But he pukes and rally. It's a puke and rally. He, he doesn't did rally the game. He yeah. did yeah. rally the first time. I think. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with Adrian Hauser just partially too because I think he's gonna have a breakout this year. So. Paul said Brandon Woodruff. Okay. We, and, I think it's still a decent bet. Yeah. I think you know you. Yeah. I think he's had the obliques and stuff, but yeah, I think I think just given the flaws of the other ones involved, I think it could be a default situation too. I'll stick with the field. For reference, of those five pitchers, Brett Anderson had the most innings pitched in all levels of baseball in 2019 with 176. Second place was Eric Lauer with 149.2, then Hauser, then Woodruff, and then Josh Lindblom wouldn't play in the U.S. and I didn't find his stats from Korea. So many of those innings for Anderson were like rehab innings. <laughs> no, like, that was it was all the major leagues. <laughs> no, he was healthy last year. He, so he, has, do he has been uh handled pretty well over the last few years. So that's one thing you can count on the Brewers to do is like keep him at a level where he is not being exhausted. But you yeah. feel like eventually the tide's gonna turn with him. Lauer's a sneaky pick there because he is having yeah. a very good spring training. I was looking at uh, strikeout to walk ratios on Saturday, and he really, I think it's nine to one in like uh, five innings, five and a third innings or something like that. He's looking really, really good from that perspective. And he might be on the verge of a breakout as well here. Yeah. And you speak, you know, we're talking about Drew Rasmussen's sneaky velo uptick. I think he he's kind of impressed too. Eric Lauer has, whether well, that's the uh, mythical pitching lab at work or what. But I I would feel better about Lauer if I just knew his rotation spot was locked down. So that's kind of why I shied I away. I do from really him. think it is too. Like I think Freddie is too powerful a weapon to use in more diverse ways. Uh, I get Lauer has the advantage of being a lefty. But I do think that he's safer than the team has made it appear, but they want to make sure he didn't just have just a garbage spring. Because, sure. uh, Freddie, again, I think you have a multi-inning hard thrower um, who now has shown more diversity in his skill set and then can be the back end of the pen. I think he's going to be relied on in that situation. So I think Lauer's rotation is safer than w we've been given by the uh, team. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get in there pretty quickly. Like, remember Chase Anderson last year didn't start the year in the rotation and ended up being, wasn't he their top inning pitcher last year? I don't know. I think he was. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, he was. He carried a lot of innings for the team last season, and I kind of expect, even if Lauer doesn't make the opening day rotation, he's going to get that chance relatively soon. We know that they're going to use a bunch of different starters. Every team in baseball does. And the Brewers in particular are always willing to change it up. So he will find his way in there sooner rather than later. And if he pitches well, he'll stick. 
We'll get to that later, that the Brewers use a lot of starters. Oh, that's what we call a tease. In that's the what news. we call a tease, yes. Thank know. you. It feels more like a spoiler. <laughs> Next up, not talking about starts. What will be the most frequent days of rest between Josh Hader pitching appearances this season? Oh, I've seen this chart before. Yeah, but I can't wait to, to hear you say this. The okay. options are zero, one, two, three, and then four or more. And give us the context. Uh, in 2019, Josh Hader pitched uh, 10 games on zero days rest, 14 on one, 15 on two, 11 on three, and 10 appearances had four more days of rest. Note that the 99 days of rest that Baseball Reference puts on their chart is not included in this because that does not count. I also have 2018 and 2017 if you are so inclined to. Wonder. All right. I'll go first. And I think I'll go... With the happy medium, I'll go an average of two days rest most frequent. Yeah, I was tempted to go there too. That's what it was before, right? That was the biggest number, yep. and it kind of clustered in the middle it's, there. It's, yeah. it's basically a, a little little pyramid. bell curve. Bell, yeah, bell curve. Thank you. I was going to yeah. say pyramid, but that's not the normal word for it. Wait, Josh Hader's in a pyramid scheme? Yes, yes. <laughs> Advocare. Started. started <laughs> boy, start a rumor. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go same. I'm going to go with the uh, two. Screw these guys. I'm going one. They're going to like uh, use and abuse him and then just ship him out like they did with Yasmani <laughs> Grandal. They didn't sign him on purpose because they had him catch more innings than he caught ever before. Hashtag Dark Brad today. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so the the team just is going to like be like, oh, you want to make $6 million this year? Well, we're paying you four, and we're going to use you a lot. You're going to throw 130 innings, and then you're you're out the door, and we've maximized value. We, <laughs> we had to get to the conspiracy corner one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> it always yeah. rears its ugly head. <laughs> Ship you off to the Yankees with You run from it. You hide from it. The conspiracy yeah. corner well, still finds you. He needs to cut his hair and shave his beard. I mean, he looks like trash out there. God. Wow. No, that's just a Yankees <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. I'm like, we're gonna get angry emails now. Like, don't, I don't want to feel that. Oh, I can't wait for him to go to the Yankees and just be garbage because he cut the hair and that eliminates the hiding the ball. Jo- Josh Hader, Samson. that's my favorite conspiracy. Who is yes. who was your favorite uh, New York Yankees clean cut look, awkward appearance? I think mine was Johnny Damon. Ooh, that's a good shout. I'm going to go with Giambi, though, because it was such a big deal like yeah. that he was going to come in. And he had like that cover of Sports Illustrated where he looked like he was straight out of like uh, the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> like, he, really did. he looked like he was an extra from the movie Roadhouse. It was and, like, like he goes to New York. Look almost, yeah. Never, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never he, seen Roadhouse. I. Oh, uh, so I'm going to say watch it, but also like don't watch it because it's awful. I'm not going to. But in an amazing. Uh, you would like it. You're, it's your kind of thing, Kyle. You would I, like it. I'm going to say Johnny Damon just because like the hair yeah. was his thing. Yeah, the it, hair and the beard. So Andrew like, McCutcheon was just kind of really unnerving. Though. Oh, God. That was just a weird <laughs> situation, too. I mean, have you guys seen Garrett Cole this spring? That looks a little odd, too, after seeing him grow his hair out the past couple of years in Houston. He looks less scary. It's I don't the know. second dumbest team policy in baseball right next to don't look at porn. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, no, uh, <laughs> that was you're talking about the Royals, right? Yeah, the, the Royals yeah. and their ban on porn. <laughs> Paul, Moving on, Kyle. What's next? Paul. Paul had two appearances. Okay. Horns? 
Yes. <laughs> Paul had two days of rest between Josh Hader appearances. Moving on. How many different pitchers will start a game with the Brewers this season? Your options are nine or fewer, 10, 11, 12, and then 13 or more. For historically, the Brewers have had 12, 11, and 13 different pitchers making a, make a start in the last three seasons. And our choices were what again? Nine or fewer, 10, 11, 12, and then 13 or more. I'm going to take 12. I'm going to go with 12. Damn it, I just wrote it down. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to erase it. I'm not that type of person. So I'll go 12 too, uh, because I think with as weak as the rotation is in terms of depth, there will be quite a bit of starter usage. Well, and you'll think- also see randos start. Right. So you'll get randos. that uh, Pablo Espino or. <laughs> I mean, Hollow Espino, get that pension. In the in <laughs> yes. the last three seasons, the single start uh, uh, Brewers have been in 2019, uh, Jacob Barnes and Drew Pomeranz. In 2018 was Aaron Wilkerson and Dan Jennings, and in 2017 was Jeremy Jeffress and Michael Blazing. Does that mean that uh, Wilkerson started multiple games in 2019? It must be. Uh, Wilkerson did not start any games in 2019. Did he really not? No, I, I was kind of. Just anticipating we would see him at some He's, point. He had two starts in 2017. Yeah. Okay. So I will actually go a little less than you guys. I'll, I'll turn it up to 11. Um, and I think part of that, like Kyle mentioned, we we don't have those openers anymore. So, I mean, those were the, the bulk of those one appearance starts. But I'm, you know, with, with that in mind, but also keeping in mind that the opening day five last year was all out of commission by July. <laughs> I think we'll see quite a bit of turnover too. So, well, my argument for that though is, yeah, those guys aren't on the team, but they're like their equal is still there somewhere. I feel like they they're owe, there in spirit. Yeah, right. Like Suter probably going to get a start. Peralta probably going to get a start. Fire Eisen probably going to get a really dumb start, like just like <laughs> randomly. Like Phelps will get a start. He'll get a save and a start. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Same game. No. <laughs> he goes yeah, out no. to the outfield, <laughs> plays yes. for eight innings. Chase, a, the ultimate Waxahachie swap. <laughs> Chase yeah. Anderson was the only Brewer to make the t- top five in each of the last three seasons. Huh. Interesting. All right. Uh, Paul said 13 or more, by the way. Okay. Paul's wrong. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Take that, Paul. <laughs> Next one. And I'm particularly proud of this one. How many Don't different worry. pitchers? will record a save against the Brewers in 2020. Oh, what wow. the hell? I don't like this question. <laughs> the, options, right. the options are 20 or fewer. So you're going to track this, right? Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty easy to do on baseball reference because you yeah. can just sort the schedule by uh, who recorded a save. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're right, actually. Yep. Okay. Good call. Uh, I, didn't ma- I mean, I did manually go through and count, but it's not as hard as you might think. Uh, the options are 20 or fewer. 21 through 23, 24 through 26, 27 through 29, or 30 or more. Historically, in the last three seasons, 29 different pitchers recorded a save against the Brewers in 2019. 2018 saw only 20, and 2017 saw 22. Oh, God. Okay, so it's, it is very highly tied to the number of wins, which makes sense. Like, like sure. if you're winning a bunch of games like the Brewers did in 2018, the number drop. Okay, that it makes sense. I just, okay. Also, how many close games are the Brewers going to be playing? You know, I think 
there's that too. If they, you know, lose by four, you're not going to get a save. Sure. Not necessarily three inning saves. Yeah. It is possible. I think Brad's up first, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's deep in thought over here. The 21 one? 21 through 23? Yeah, that, I'll, I guess. Why not? Like the, I'm trying to think through the, divi- the division and look at how crappy their closer situations are. And for the most part, like St. Louis might have some mixing around. The Cubs will have some mixing around, but I, I you want the Cubs I just rely on Craig Kimbrell. Uh, no, because he's garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs will have some mixing around because K- Craig Kimbrell will get injured, and then David Ross will switch some people around, and they're play himself play himself uh <laughs> constantly uh, dancing so with the stars legend I, I think i'm pretty happy there what about you james i think i'll go 21 to 23 as well yeah i think given the pitching and the defense situations i i think there's a decent chance that the brewers pythag is going to be screwed up again because they'll they'll lose a bunch of four or five run games but win a bunch of close ones so yeah i'll go 21 to 23 different pitchers with the save what was it in 2017 again? Uh, 22. 22. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with the 24 to 26. Yeah. I'm going to go 24 to 26. Okay. Paul said 30 or more. So, well, yeah, because Paul doesn't think that he he's going to have the lowest projected win total, I think, of all of us when we do that. Probably. So. Could be. Next up, uh, this is not as hard to wrap your brain around. How many Brewers on the opening day 40-man roster will end the season with three or more Fangraphs war. Your options are zero or one, <laughs> two, three, and then four or more. Did Paul pick zero or one? I just need to know. He did not. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> For reference, in the last three seasons, there have been, there, well, they can't say there have been two each year. 18 and 19 saw two, and 17 saw three. Who do you think were the three players in 2017 with three or more Fangraphs war? VR had to be one, right? Nope. None of the current, none of the Brewers that were on the Milwaukee Brewers in 2017 made this list. Yeah, Domingo Santana and Travis Shaw were both on that. Um, e- Keon? Maybe. Nope. The three that are currently on the roster but weren't in 2017 were Yelich, Kane, and Smoke. Oh. Oh, I didn't understand when you threw that out. My bad. <laughs> okay, so James. You're up. Yeah. Kyle, one more time. Repeat the, the question here. How many Brewers on the opening day 40-man roster will end the season with three or more Fangraphs war? And this counts batters and pitchers, correct? Yes, it does. So, yeah, 40. Okay. I will go optimistic. I'll say three. Ryan? What are the choices? Zero or one, two, three, and then four or more. Four or more. Wow. I'm going okay. three, and I'm going to say Yelly. Kane and Woodruff. I think Yelly's having her. Kane's having a bounce back season. I think Hira has a very good chance to sneak into that group. And then that he did not have two wins last year. Well, he also played like less than half a season. So I'm just saying about the legend. No, four or more, four or more, four or more. No, 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 no. And I think there could be somebody who sneaks in out of here kind of by surprise, too. So, yeah, four or more for me, I think fairly easily. Yeah, I went back to four or more. Okay. Paul said two. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems about right. Yeah. Next up, how many different players will have their major league debut with the Brewers in 2020? Ooh. Your options are zero or one, two, three, four, and then five or more. For reference, in 2019, five different players had their major league debut. 
four in 2018, and eight in 2017. I think it's you. Yeah, it is me, and I'm thinking about how many guys on the 40-man have not made their major league debut, and that's a small number. Very. It's a very small number. I Off the top of my head, it's less than three or four. Like There's very few guys. Especially like, positionally. Positionally, yeah. Like like Trace Shupak will probably come up and get run at some point. So, And then there will be guys who are not currently on the 40-man who will get their chance as well. My choices were zero or one. Two, three, four, five or more? Yep. I'm going to go with four. Zero to one. Okay. James? I'll go three. Paul's three. Four. It's currently oh. on the 40-man roster? No. Okay. Nope. I'll there's there's, there's no limit one. on that. I'll own it. Next up, will any of the following players be traded by the Brewers in 2020? And this is a simple yes or no? Yes, it's a simple yes or no. I took the top five prospects on MLB.com as of uh, yesterday, March 7th. These include Aaron Ashby, Mario Feliciano, Tristan Lutz, Ethan Small, and Bryce Terang. I have every player that was traded during the season for the last three seasons, if you want to know that. (laughs) I don't need to know that, but if you want to show off your research, you go right ahead. Putting us uh, to shame with this level of research. I, I'm going yes because they'll they'll trade someone for a role player midseason if they're doing well. So and I think they'll be doing well enough to justify even a small move. So yes. Yeah, I think some of those guys they will view as expendable, especially by the time we get to midseason when they've made some more uh, decisions on guys. And I do think they're going to be in it and competitive. So I'm going to say yes. I will say I, just one one quick note. Uh, forms does not lock until opening day. Any player traded before opening day does not count. I don't think anyone's going to be traded before. So does that day. mean that somebody can change their answers up until opening day and then it locks? No, but if they don't have an, if they don't have the option to submit it, and an answer couldn't grade before opening day because if I don't submit it until after, then I sure. Would. So okay, I will also go yes. I think Bryce Terang is going to get Dubond at the trade deadline this year. Ooh. That's a spicy meatball. Yeah, a significant trade. <laughs> a very significant trade for I, a middle reliever. Yes, yeah. I think <laughs> if anyone is going to get traded, it'll be Lutz. I was going to go with Lutz too. Lutz, uh, shoe pack. I think are pretty high on that list. Uh, I think you have some flexibility in your Ethan Small, Aaron Ashby. Although I think they very much like Aaron Ashby, and I think when they really like a prospect, they don't feel inclined to trade them. I would be a little surprised to see them trade Ethan Small. Yeah. I don't know if I would be because I feel like there's what... a small chance Ethan's traded. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> so when you're looking at restocking your system, when you're in a situation that the Brewers are in, you look at those opportunities of players who are quickly going to rise up the ranks to give you more depth and like suddenly create a scale that you have in terms of trading players at high positions. So the question ends up being, will anyone want Ethan Small? And I think that's the harder yes to give an answer to. But I think they'd be willing to trade Ethan Small. Interesting. All right. Uh, This might be our second clean sweep. Paul also said yes. Okay. Moving on. I will give you context for this because you will not know this off the top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) I love these. Which of the following will occur? There are, there are four options, and I'll give you the over-unders for each to map out the quad. Over-under, 15.5 extra innings games, and then over-under, a 500 record in those games. 
five hundred is is on the is it's greater than or equal to five hundred. So this is a two part question then. It, well, no, it's it's just there are four options: over fifteen and a half, over five hundred or better, over fifteen and a half. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, in twenty nineteen, uh, the Brewers went seven and eight. Twenty eighteen, they went nine and seven. In twenty seventeen, they went five and eleven. So they had fifteen, sixteen, and sixteen, and they were under five hundred in two of those seasons. James, I will go over on the fifteen and a half extra inning games, but under five hundred. I'm going to go over over because I think that this team is going to get into a decent number of close games. I think the pitching is going to be better. They might struggle to score some runs. So I think more extra inning games is more likely. And I think that they will find ways to eke those out in close situations because they're going to have at their disposal a very good bench basically in games. So they're going to be able to play some games that way and should actually have a fairly deep bullpen as well. So I'm going to go with over over. I'm going to go under over. Because I think the offense will be better than we give it credit for, given the platoon situations. So I think games are going to be not as close as they've been in the past. And then, like Ryan, I think they have the tools to give them better odds late in games than their competitors. Okay. Paul said over, over. Okay. Oh, good. Sense. I'm feeling good being be in that crowd. All right. Next up, <laughs> I have uh, one other uh, over, under, over, under question. Uh, over, under, 49 and a half one-run games, and then over, under, a 600 winning percentage in those games. Ooh. So, That's high. It is high, but for reference, in 2019, they played 45 games at a 600 clip even. 2018, they played 52 games at a 635 clip. And in 2017, they played 47 games at a 532 clip. So when they play one-run games, they do play them well. And we're going simple over under 500 here? Uh, 600. Over under 600? Yeah. Oh. Did you yeah. not hear what the records were the last three seasons? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I read did. it out. I did. <laughs> he said 600 last time, 640 the year before. Answer the question, Brad. <laughs> uh, I'm going... This one's actually yours, by the way, but I'll start. Uh, I'm going under and over. Again, I think the offense is set up to give more differential than um, the previous teams were. Uh, As good as the offense was supposed to be last year, I think it was predicated on a lot of players having good seasons who ended up not having good seasons. Where this has the flexibility to just play the hot hand, and I think that's going to be extremely favorable for them to kind of separate themselves uh, as games go on. Or their defense is so bad that they won't be able to keep it close. And then also, like before, I think they have the tools in their bullpen and their bench to have advantage in close games. So I'm going under over. I will go. I think I'll go under under. So I'm kind of with Brad in that they'll play fewer close games, but I think they'll be under 600 winning percentage in those games just on sheer luck i feel like they've gotten lucky the past couple of years they're they're due for a bad karma break do bucket yeah i think that that's the easy part for me i think the under 600 part just because you're gonna eventually have a season where stuff breaks against you i do think they're better than average 
in terms of their ability to win close games, but you're just at some point going to have like a bad run. And I think they're going to be under that 600. So, but I am going to be consistent and say over for the number of games, just because I do think it's likely to be a lower scoring team again. So like they're going to score fewer runs and they're going to allow fewer runs. So it's going to, that is the recipe to produce a lot of close games, right? I'm going to well, go over under. So what we've been saying through all this is I'm the one who believes that their bet on platoons is actually going to pay dividends. Where, offensively. Where no one else believes that that is really going to be offensively beneficial in the long term. I believe in you, Brad. Thanks, I, Kyle. I think, I think it's going to help more defensively <laughs> think, yeah, than yeah. it's going to be offensive. Def- they're all bad then why did you bet? Then why did you bet the over yeah. on the errors, Ryan? Because errors are not a measure of... <laughs> They're not a good measure of defense. There's a measure of randomness here. They're, it's not consistent. Yeah. But I'm I'm with Brad too. I think I think the platoons will help offensively. It's just I don't know how to quantify it yet. So I'm struggling with the when being confronted with the actual questions by Kyle. I think I just look at the Rays kind of did that what the Brewers are doing last year. Um, so I'm looking at the success the Rays had and betting that the Brewers will be able to capitalize in the same way. It's fair. Uh, for reference, Paul said under, under. Ooh, um, okay. All right. Moving on. How many NL Central rivals will the, will the Brewers win the season series against this year? If they tie, they do not count. Your options are 0, 1, 2, 3, or 4. Can they tie? I thought we played 19 games against Is each. it? For some reason, I thought there was a 20 somewhere. Maybe. I. No, I'm pretty sure it's 19 across the board now. It very well could be. Wanted to make that known in case that I'm bad at scheduling. For reference, the Brewers uh, won the season series against Chicago, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh in 2019. And then 2018 and 2017, they beat Cincinnati and St. Louis. So our choices again are what? Zero, one, two, three, or four. The five possible answers here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, Ryan, wow, here's, here's how the math works. Is okay. There's five teams in each division. <laughs> Okay. There's still six team in the center. I'll just be sitting over in the corner with my shame. <laughs> well, this is this is tougher than I think I thought it would be. At least one. If they don't win the series season series against Pittsburgh, just shut it all down. I feel like they've been uh, doing worse against Pittsburgh since Pittsburgh's yeah, been that's getting thing, worse. Steve. I think they trounced them last year though. Yes. But yeah. like you still but like the losses that 2018 are when so they were memorable. a much better team hands down. And then to watch them struggle after having wow. what it was like twenty-two straight wins against Pittsburgh that one season. Yeah, there was that series right, right around but the twenty eighteen was swayed by that five game sweep before the all-star break where they were just kind of like screw it. I will go optimistic. I'll I think I'll go three. I think they'll win the series season series against three teams. One or two of those are gonna be really close, but I'll go three. I'm gonna go with two. I think they Pittsburgh firmly, and then one of the other three they will, and I think they're going to be kind of a little bit above 500. So, yeah, I'm going to go with two. Uh, Paul also said two, and this is not a question, but it made me just not think of a question. I should have had a uh, bet on how many games would be postponed. <laughs> I'd, I'd like oh. to say two, please, too. <laughs> I didn't get to say two. Oh, I want to say two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Brad. I, I just want to say two. <laughs> Next up, how many home games? Will the Brewers have 40,000 or more in attendance? 40,000. Your wow. options are 25 or fewer, 26 through 29, 30 through 34, and then 35 plus. 2017, only 14. 2018 saw 15. 
but 2019 saw 29. Ticket sales do tend to lag a season. So as they've been getting good and Christian Yelich does Christian Yelich things, we might see a higher number this year. Yeah, they do tend to lag, but there's also some negativity surrounding this offseason. Though I think a lot of right. that evaporated with the Christian Yelich signing. There have been negativities surrounding every Brewers offseason as long as I can remember. Right. So that's not really there's 2018. True. Well, no, actually, even despite Yelich and Kane, there was still the but no starter. So. Yes, and there's always this but no starter thing. Yeah, that comes up all the time. So what are the choices again, Kyle? I'm sorry. 25 or fewer, 26 through 29. 30 to 34, and then 35 plus. I'm going to go 30 to 34. Uh, 26 to 29, please. I'll go 25 or fewer. Ooh. I think, yeah. I mean, the disappointing end to last year combined with the uh, exodus of a lot of big names. Yeah, they extended Yelich, but I think if if they get over that mark, it'll take a bit of a prove-it attitude for the end of the year. That's fair. I think people get excited about must-see like MVPs, and with Yelich being locked into the team, I think pl- fans are willing to like go see like that's our guy, and then they get excited about going to see that person. So I think right. they're going to be driven, especially early on in the season, more so to see like the new franchise boy. Um, well, here's the thing too: like they're wasting opening weekend on a cub series which are going to be sellouts anyway right so you're not going to get that extra boost so i just had a a thought and And i'm going to preempt your thought are you thinking of the coronavirus i am yeah i i think it's going to scare enough people away at the fringes that we're going to be dealing with this as a as a talking point all summer don't the brewers report based on tickets uh sold though right but they still are not going to sell as many sure. as a result okay. of that. I think there's going to be that. So I'm actually changing my answer to the lowest possible choice. Well, here's my thing with that is the Bucks are going to make the finals, but then the finals are going to be canceled because of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's conspiracy corner then, or just like really dark. Brad, that oh, might, so that, Brad, that might, Brad that might influence one of your uh, answers later. Actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, I still feel comfortable with 26 to 29 because I feel like this thing has like a month more worry and then once we get like past the month people will be like oh i'm gonna get it eventually anyways because people just don't care about their health (laughs) like when you get down to it eventually like they'll be you can only scare society for so long until eventually like people get so stone-headed that they're like yes it got me here and then they walk into a baseball stadium and then get coronavirus and that right there is why paul said 35 or more oh all right Wow. Did he actually okay. reference the coronavirus in his response? No, it's you no. can't comment on Oh, you just are looking at his actual Yes, I'm looking uh, at his gotcha. actual answers. Gotcha. Okay. That's why I said thank you, Paul, for submitting. I didn't I okay. I didn't know if yes. there were comments that went there were, I thought it. there was a second podcast called Kyle and Paul that was going to go on. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> there are four questions left, folks. In which month will the Brewers win the most games this season? This is this is not including the postseason. September. You're, September. Uh, mm. James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> James, who respectfully waited for the information. <laughs> a couple notes is that March and April are combined. And if okay. there's a tie, July wins. <laughs> <laughs> is that Kyle, Were you born like, in July? No, I was born in June. Well, there oh, is, is it like so there's like it's may, be, may because, and because july is hurt by the all-star break 
Oh, gotcha. So, so if May and August tie, July wins. Correct. What if July? I... Nah, in, I can't in, think of a good in 2019. Question. September and October won with 20 games. In 2018, September and October won with 20 games. And in 2017, uh, September and October won with 16 games. Mm, okay. There I, were there were no I ties mean, in the season. Not just because those two guys did September, but I also think the rule changes for September are going to end up biting the Brewers harder than some other teams. I will go August, though, because I think that's where their depth will pay off. That platooning might, you know, you get in the, the dog days of summer, so to speak. I think they'll be able to out-depth some teams at that point. First off, shout. how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Craig Council has his own month. Craig Do Timber, you have your I'm, own I'm month? Down, who am I to doubt Craig Timber? I know, how, but how I feel like you? the luck has to run out at some point. It's not luck, it's strategy. You monster. Sure. sure. Do you not He's not going to be able to use 34 players anymore. Uh, okay. Paul said June, by the way. Ooh, okay. That's fair. Okay. I'm a big fan of this question, and I'm just as much of a fan of the last two, but which will be the longest this year? The Brewers winning streak before the All-Star game, the Brewers winning streak after the All-Star game, or the winning streak in games where Christian Yelich hit a home run, and then the tie goes to the Christian Yelich home run one. For reference, in 2019, the pre-All-Star game winning streak was 7, it was 8 in 2018, and 5 in 2017. The post-All-Star game was 7, 8, and 4, and Yelich home run, All-Star, Yelich home run streaks was 6 in 2019, 9 games in 2018, and 5 in 2017. Wow. I will go the post-All-Star game winning streak will be the biggest of the three. Same. Christian uh, Yelich. Yes. That's the answer I wanted. <laughs> uh, Paul said before the All-Star break. Huh. Okay. Well, he is picking June, so yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Okay. Christian Yelich wins games, so any streak is predetermined on his success. It does. <laughs> this is my absolute favorite question. Which number will be the largest? Will it be Christian Yelich home runs? Will it be Josh Hader saves? Will it be starts by any pitcher that doesn't end the season in top five for starts? Will it be Ryan Braun starts outside of the outfield? Or will it be players that appear in, an, in, the, in a game for the Brewers other than the opening day starting, li- starting lineup? Or tie? Whoa, okay. You got to repeat this very, <laughs> very slowly. Okay, Because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts. Option one, Christian Yelich home runs. Option two, Josh Hader saves. Option three, starts by anyone that didn't end the season top five for starts. Ryan Braun non-outfield starts, including the DH. And appearances that weren't opening day lineup. Okay. So when you say the starts by people who don't start the season in the rotation, that was one of the ones? No, it starts by people who don't finish in the top five. Oh, starts by people who don't finish in the top five. Correct. Okay. Right. Who finish in the top five. Okay. For reference, in the last three seasons, the non-top five would have had would have won with 45 in 2019. In 2018, the non-opening day nine would have won with 44 players. And in 2017, the non-top, or I'm sorry, the opening day nine would have won again with 41. 
I got to go first, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the non-opening day nine. Okay. I'm going with Ryan Braun starts outside the outfield because I think he's going to get significantly more time. I think Garcia is going to prove so valuable, and I think Smoke's going to be so-so, even though I'm supposed to be high on Smoke. Um, <laughs> Ryan Braun uh, is a much more valuable asset than Justin Smoke, and I don't think that's a argument anyone's going to fight against so i think garcia is more valuable too optimized lineup has garcia yelich kane in the outfield braun at first base or dh uh yeah retweet everything brad said i'll go with braun Woo! someone agrees with something i said <laughs> so the braun one i'm scared off because last year one of andy's was over under on ryan braun starts at first base and there were none he, he never played an <laughs> inning there, so right, I don't think he even played an inning there. He definitely didn't start a game there. His only three non-outfield starts in 2019 were all DHs, I believe. Yeah, so yep. I'm a little scared off of that one. It was what I was going to do because I do think he's likely to get over there, but then all it would take is one of the other guys getting right. hurt and then them just saying, okay, Smoke is the everyday first baseman with Ryan Healy, I guess, as his backup, and then Braun is an outfielder. And so. then when Brock Holt gets hurt, Ryan Braun plays third base again. Well, and then there's also Ryan Braun could there's get like hurt. There's like four other so. third basemen. But Ryan Braun is the best. <laughs> uh, Paul said opening day nine as well. Opening day nine. Here's okay. my thing about your, your like, I think it takes Garcia, Kane, or Yelich getting a significant injury for that to change. A la the injury that happened or the absolutely awful playing of Domingo Santana when they tried this in 2018. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think it takes something to that measure, and I think Garcia is more sure of a bet than Santana was. And, I mean, yeah, the injuries are always a risk, but it, if there's no injuries, which is a hard bet to make, I think it's an easy win. Okay, this is the last question, and this is also one I'm probably going to have to read twice. Did we get James's <laughs> answer to that last one? Yeah. We did. Okay. Team yeah, Ryan Braun. I, I, yeah, yep. Ryan Braun. Who will record a higher win total? Your options are the Bucks in the playoffs, the Brewers against the Pirates, the Brewers on the road against the NL West and the American League. Oh my god. Or on the road? On the road. <laughs> or the greater of the Clippers and Lakers in the playoffs. And then there's a fifth option that says tie of two or more of the above. I'm gonna need to get out a piece of paper. So the here. max for yeah. the okay. max for sixteen is the max. Yeah. So we're betting on 16, which actually 12 is the max because the finals are going to be canceled due to coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> or they might not be canceled. They'll just be played in empty stadiums. Empty but gyms, yeah. NBA wouldn't allow that. Like, that's so much money lost. Well, no. Canceling, or, or, if the alternative is canceling it, period, or playing in an empty gym, they would definitely. Well, right, because they make much gym. more money off the sponsorships than they do the they tickets. They can't, yeah. Right? Though if, if they have to do anything, it would be playing in an empty gym. So... Okay, uh, so for, 16 I'll, still I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you guys some, some context because you sorely want the context for this. Yes. The winner in 2019 would have been the Pirates with 15 wins. The Bucks had were second with 11. In 2018, the Brewers had 18 road wins against the NL West and the American League. That led it. And they paced it in 2017 as well with 15 wins. Okay. NL West so, and American League. I'm going with that. Okay. Um. I think the NL West is uh, top-heavy, and I think the other three teams are uh, very beatable. 
So I, I'm i going to go with that. Plus, Nolan Arenado isn't going to play well because he's an angry boy. So <laughs> I'm sure that has a lot to do with whether he plays well. James? I, so here's the thing. Those West Coast road trips doesn't really... It feels like it doesn't really matter how bad those teams are. I feel like they're going to lose a series in San Diego randomly or something like that, right? Didn't like, they, they, did, they did sweep that that opening series against San Diego last year. They did. and But, but San Diego's you know, won the top-heavy. When I say it's top-heavy, San, San Diego, L.A. Those, those trips to, to San Francisco never seem to go well. So... Um, Plus, don't they, do they play the AL West this year? In an they, early? No. They, they play the AL East. Yeah, they play the, oh, East. They play okay. the AL East. Uh, also, that yeah. road trip against San Francisco ends the season in 2020. Actually, That's... they play stupidly well against good teams, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know that was the last series. That'll scare me as much as the the Rockies closing last year did. Um, I hope they wrap things up before then. Then. Here's my thing. I don't think the Bucks are winning the finals. It's preordained. The Lakers are winning the NBA title this year. The league will make sure that happens. <laughs> so I think James's conspiracy corner is now open, folks. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to to say it's because of Kobe, but storybook ending and the NBA loves their storybook endings, right? And they will make sure that happens. Are you saying that a professional um, sports organization would make sure that a convenient figure that brings happiness and joy to people after a tragedy would be a thing that an organization like the NFL in 2001, 2002 would do? Yeah. I am, I'm, a, you know, right, right. they, MLB, whoa, everybody whoa, thought whoa, the Yankees on, were going to win the 2001 World Series I mean, and they didn't. Wait, what's the NFL conspiracy? Patriots. The Patriots after... September 11th. After September 11th. Yeah. Everyone knows this except for you. Come on, Kyle. Keep up. Conspiracy yeah. theories, man. Don't you gotta... remember Robert Kraft holding up the trophy and yelling, we're all patriots now and all that. I was yeah. nine, so no. So, I was going to make the joke that Kyle was like five, but I didn't want to was like, like, demean was like him 13. that way. <laughs> we're not as old, all as old as Ryan as we learned on the Yelich podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's a, it's a valid point. Um, so I guess to, to move things along here, I'll take the Brewers wins over the Pirates okay. just because I'm not optimistic about the Bucks and I'm not optimistic about the Brewers going west. So then why not the just AL pick East. the Lakers? Emotionally hedge your bets. Mm, I'm, I'm not going to hedge. Okay. I'll go Brewers against Pirates. Yeah, what was that weird one? The Clippers and Lakers? Yeah, because it's basically Combined. will either the Clipper or Clippers or Lakers win the finals? Because then that's 16 wins. Because then it's 16. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Give me that Clippers and Lakers thing. This is a baseball podcast, though, Kyle. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, Paul disagrees with all of you. He said the Bucks in the playoffs. He's a believer. Oh. Uh, I am also a Bucks lever. And I Bucks just think bu- Bucks leave. Bucks hashtag lever. Bucks leave. Uh, hashtag Bucks leave. We, the stadium wasn't good enough, guys. <laughs> we didn't do it right. Not that leave. <laughs> it's a different leave. Bucks in 16. <laughs> 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 There's also a uh, a tiebreaker question, uh, just because in the off chance that someone ties because all these questions are ridiculously difficult. Uh, what's the total attendance at Miller Park this season? Ooh, exactly. Yes, exactly. It's a tiebreaker. You closest gotta, without going over. It's just <laughs> it's just closest. In 2019, the Brewers had two million nine twenty three. In 2018 was two million eight fifty, and 2017 was two million six twenty seven. Two million eight hundred thirty four thousand three hundred thirty four. 
Wait, no, 234 is you idiot, Brad. No, 369. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to go with 2,500 on the nose. 2,500,000. That's a bummer. Two, yeah, well, hey, I'm staying consistent with my previous oh, coronavirus-related attendance. Coronavirus. Why don't we just ban coronas? <laughs> the solution is easy. I don't think they serve those at Miller Park. I'm pretty sure they don't. Uh, probably well, not. Do no, they serve people, at the craft beer station? It's people drinking them outside and getting sick with the coronavirus and then coming inside. Okay. That's so true. just that's, ban coronas. That's science. <laughs> James? It's just science. I will say 2,875,003. And three. Paul, yeah. you're like 40,000 over me. Paul said 2,850,748. All right. Oh, I'm too close to these <laughs> nerds. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance any of us did any well. No, no. I think we're all, we're all screwed. In fact, this is just um, a podcast of us jinxing the Brewers for the remainder of the season, correct? There, there Paul was probably reason. did well because he had more time and could actually look stuff up. Yeah, whereas, Paul. So if he wins, <laughs> I'm going to invalidate that. Though if he loses, then yeah, we're to demand a Paul asterisk. Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Kyle, for uh, agreeing to do this and You're stepping welcome. in for, for Andy on this. And it sounds like Andy consulted on this. Uh, he did a little bit, yes. Yeah. All right. Consulting. Cool, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. This was fun. So, Kyle, could you please tell us how to people can submit their answers? So the answers will be submitted through a Microsoft Office form submission, which will be included everywhere that Microsoft Office form submissions are found. So we will put it in all of our social media posts for the next couple of weeks, and we'll continue like we have in the past to promote midweek and all that. We'll, we'll throw it out on Twitter and all of that. And I will link it also in the show notes for this on anchor, which will then go out to whatever. So if you're using stitcher or whatever you can, the link should work and you should be able to click on it and click over. If you would like to submit last year, we had a pretty good number of submissions. So uh, the submissions will close the midnight before opening day. So, so that would be so, midnight of the 25th into the 26th. Correct. Okay. So you have a so couple weeks to get these in. p.m. on the 25th. No, midnight on the 26th. Oh, so the morning, <laughs> midnight on the 26th. That's okay. why everyone does 11.59 p.m. So no one gets confused by this, but I refuse. Yes. Oh, because midnight is actually, midnight oh, is, you. yes, this is the most Kyle thing, actually. Oh, so no. it is, yeah, midnight Wait. is the so morning. It's a of, new day. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. well ours are locked in we don't have to worry about it but the rest of you can try to figure out this madness i would say so. get in early and often but if you have multiple entries i will just disqualify you yes <laughs> there's there's no way for there me to go. actually fact check that but no, i will we have find ip you. addresses in a network we have guys on this don't you we have a <laughs> system <laughs> our crack team of it analysts will track you down we're all about integrity here on the show for sure uh, well, Kyle, thank you again. And to the rest of you, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you listen to podcasts, please do subscribe. And while you're there, please leave us a review to help us uh, help other people find the podcast that is. Thanks for listening. And when we join you again, we'll be just about two weeks from opening day. We'll have plenty to, to talk about. So we will see you next week on Milwaukee's Tailgate.
Fell 